So if you want to go closer to the stage when we get to the sermon, it'll be fine. I got where you can right there.
January, but we're here today for the next uh, six weeks, hopefully maybe five, six weeks. Let's stand together and come and praise the Lord today. Lord, we lift you up in this place. Yeah. 
Jesus is alive. 
And I want to read verse 17 through 21. Y'all pray for me. I've been having a, a throat issue for the last several weeks. I don't know what uh, is going on, but um, you just pray that the Lord would help me today to uh, be able to maintain yet to get the word to you to the best of my ability. Today we're doing our Facebook Live just a little different. Things are changing. We've actually got a phone set up today. We normally have a camera. And so that's a little different for our Facebook audience. But hopefully the sound and everything will work out good until we can get back to the church for those that watch. Let's go to verse 17. Again proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, My city shall spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion. Aren't you glad for that? He will comfort Zion. He will again choose Jerusalem. I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? So he answered, These are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord short showed me four craftsmen, and I said, What are these coming to do? So he said, These are the horns that scattered Judah, so that no one could lift up his head and kept their heads down. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them. To cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. If I had the title today, I'm going to go with the title, The Four Horns of the Devil. Uh, the horn represents power. The horn represents strength. A matter of fact, whenever you look in your Bible, in the Old Testament, you will find many times that when they went to crown the king, they would take the horn of oil, and it represented the power that was being transferred to them to work in the authority as the king. Do you read many places in the Bible where it talks about the horn of the Lord? It is speaking of the power of the Lord. But in our text today, we are talking about the horn of the enemy. So this is the, the power of the enemy. Please understand with me today. Uh, anybody that has served the Lord long, you know that the devil... He, we don't want to praise him today, but we understand at the same time that he is a, a worthy adversary. And he is strong and he is powerful. He is coming against God's church to try to hinder us and to stop us from doing the will of God and what thus saith the Lord. He comes against us with horns, which represent the principalities. It represents the powers of darkness. These have been assigned to keep us. From lifting up our heads, from being encouraged, from being happy, from being as if we walk in victory. They have been sent that they may keep us oppressed. That they may press us down and keep us defeated. They have been sent on assignment from the enemy. To keep us limited, to keep us unable to break out and do what God has called us to do. In Zechariah 1.17, I love what God said. It said that God has decreed prosperity to his people. Can I let you know something today? There's a lot of things that you may say that may fall to the ground. There's a lot of things that I may say that may fall to the ground. But can I suggest to you today that anything that the Lord decrees over your life, it will come to pass. Can somebody say amen? It does not matter what the situation or circumstance is. When God makes a declaration over you, honey, it is going to happen. God decreed in Zechariah 1.17. He said, I have decreed prosperity over my people. But it does not mean that the enemy and the horns of the adversary will not try to push us and press us at times. It does not mean that we will not have the evil one. 
that will try to deter us from the prosperity that God has for us. So God is showing Zechariah that there are four horns that have risen up against God's people. The primary purpose of these horns is so that they may push them down. Understand with me today that I like what the Bible says. For the Bible says that the craftsmen are coming to terrify the horns that the nations have brought against God's people. Now, to some of you, that doesn't mean much at all. To me, it means everything. Because when you open up your King James Version Bible, this is what you will find. You will find that the craftsman is interpreted as being a carpenter. A carpenter. Do I have any carpenters in the house? Can I tell you that according to the scripture, Jesus was the son of a carpenter, right? He, they said, is this not Joseph, the son of Jesus, the son of Joseph, who is the son of a carpenter? In another place, he even told us that Jesus was in one place. They called him, is this not the carpenter that has come from Nazareth? And God said, I have sent him to stop and to tear down what the enemy is trying to do in your life. Aren't you glad for that today? So what he says to us is this. What does a carpenter do? What is the primary responsibility of the carpenter? The primary responsibility of the carpenter is to what? Carpenters don't go into your house and just say, all right, I'm going to tear this place down and rebuild it. They start building up. In your house, they build up things that have been torn down. Am I right? And so God says, what I am going to do in your life is I am going to come in and everything that the horn of the enemy has torn down and broken up in your life, God said, I am about to build it back up. And the horns of the enemy are absolutely terrified when they know that the carpenter is on his way to change your situation. You know what? You guys are quiet this morning, so guess what I'm going to do to you? Can we give God a hand clap of praise and see what it sounds like? Now watch this. This is, this is powerful stuff. So the carpenter is coming. This is what God said. He builds things up. Just as the enemy tears down, presses down, defeats us. We call on Jesus Christ, our carpenter. He begins to build us up. He begins to encourage us. So, so this is the point of my sermon. You don't need to let your hand, head hang low anymore. As Psalm 24, 7 said, Lift up your heads on your necks and be ye lift up everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty in battle. The Lord of hosts is His name. So maybe you need to make a declaration over your life today. The carpenter will come and the horn is not as mighty as the anointing of the carpenter. He is here today to build you so there's four horns, and I'm going to deal with them today, and I can use different things, but these are ones that I think will, will touch us today. Um, you know, the four horns are, as we've already mentioned, I'm going to say it again, are to try to push people down until their heads are lowered in the feet. Don't you hate seeing that with a child of God? Don't y'all hate seeing the defeated Christian? I don't know if there's a sadder sight in all the world than seeing somebody that claims they serve the living God of them. They serve the King of Kings and the Lord of all Lords. 
They've got on the I can do all things through Christ t-shirt. they got a cross necklace they've been wearing around their necks for years. And they're some kind of great saint. But they walk around defeated all the time. It's a shame whenever we have people that are serving the great, the omnipotent one, the God that can do all things but fail. It's amazing that we're serving that God. And rather than worshiping him and saying, man, God can do anything. God can do everything. We're the most discouraged person in the workforce. It's bad when we walk among sinners and they think to themselves, I'm happier than they are. I got more joy than they got. My Lord, lift up your head in Jesus' name. There's four horns. I can hear The first one is the spirit of lack. Somebody said lack. L-A-C-K. Lack. Now, I know we got to do our part. we got to work hard. we got to do it with excellence. We have to diligently and consistently do the work of the Lord to the best of our ability. I understand that God will reward us for that. However, I want you to understand that there is an evil spirit, a horn at work that is pressing against God's people. And it says, this is the level at which you will operate on for the rest of your life. It will get no better. It attacks as soon as our scripture said, as you try to lift up your head and you try to be encouraged and you try to believe that God is able to do all things, this spirit will come and begin to press you down as you lift your head. As you say to yourself, I'm about to do something great for God that I've ever done. I'm about to go to a new place in the spirit that I've never been. Boy, I've got an idea of a kingdom ministry I'm going to start. It is right in that moment that that horn will come and will try to keep you in your groove. Keep you in your lane. Keep you in your territory. You can't go any further than this. You don't have the ability. You've got the lack. You don't have the resources. You don't have the smarts. You don't have the money. You don't have whatever the resource is. You don't have it. So just stay where you are. And do you know it's amazing because the spirit of black, many of the spirits that we have in our homes are passed down from generation to generation to generation. So in other words, if you have a drunkard in your house, what ends up happening? Many times his daddy was a drunkard. Y'all know the system. The son's a drunkard. And we got four or five generations here that have been walking in defeat to alcoholism and they can't seem to break the chains. But can I tell you, it's the same way in the spirit. We can teach our children to walk around defeated all the time. We can teach them that we're never going to have enough. We can teach them that, you know, if God can't supply our need, we just don't believe He can supply ours. We've got to show them that we do not serve a God of lack. That is a horn of the enemy that God said has come to scatter and send my people abroad. He has come to fight against them, to bring about a mass confusion among God's people. Watch this. Sometimes it doesn't even cross our mind to believe that we serve a God that wants better for you. Can you believe that? <laughs> Some of you have settled for years because you thought that was the best it would get. But God sent me to tell the enemy and to let you know today, this is not the end. God is not a God of lack. God wants me to tell somebody today, are you ready? The carpenter is on the way to your house he has come 
chance that I'll just say the Lord until I get to the end and then I'll bring it home. But it's uh, there is a spirit of lack. Secondly, there is a spirit of limitation that is different from the spirit of lack. Someone with the spirit of limitation would say, I know the blessings of God are real. Someone with limitations would say salvation is real. This person even believes that miracles are real. They've seen healings happen. Alright? They know that the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost power is real. But the horn of the enemy pierces them. And the horn of the enemy comes and says, I know they exist. But none of that is for me. What the spirit of limitation has been sent to do to God's church is to put a ceiling over us. It puts a barrier over us that says to us, you can't go any further than where you are right now. You can't grow any more than you've grown right now. The spirit of limitation is intended to put a cap on you like a water bottle. When you put the cap on, nothing can be released. But we understand the concept, and I won't pour it out because I'm going to need it in a while, but I didn't. I pour it out now just for the drama of it, the theatrics. If I turned it over, everything within this con the contents, the liquid, it's all going to flow out because I have removed the cap from it. I can refill it over and over and over and over again. But as long as it is capped, this is all that I'm going to have. And see, that is what the spirit of limitation has done to some of you and to some of your families and to your businesses. They've said, you know what? Just put a cap on it. It doesn't get any better than this. But God wants me to tell you, the carpenter's on the way. You might as well go ahead and take the cap off and get ready for more because that's the God that you serve today. The horn of the enemy. My God have mercy. It's a ceiling. That's why we have veteran, veteran Christians that still act like new converts. Because they have succeeded to a certain degree. They feel that they have peaked, feel that they cannot grow. But I'm going to tell you in Psalm chapter 78 and verse 19, we are told they limited God when they asked this question in the wilderness. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Does anybody notice the spirit of limitation in those words? Anybody? Where's limitation at? Can God. That is the limitation. That is the cap. God's people ask that question. The horn of the enemy had scattered them, brought confusion to them, had separated them from what they knew God had already said he was going to do. So can God, so maybe we need to quit asking, can God? Maybe we need to stop saying that. Because here's the thing. Your words are like multipliers. I was watching the show the other day and I'm talking about what's the 16th power of 10. And the guy said a million. I had no idea what to think. Blew my mind. I had no idea. What's the, what's the 10th power? I just know what 10 times 10 is. Praise Lord, I'm happy about that. He's talking about all of these guys. It's a multiplier. When you say a power, second power to the 10th power, what you're doing, you're multiplying from 10 or 100 or whatever number you've got. It is a multiplication of that. Just in a bigger uh, uh, formula. But here's the deal, I want you to understand. When you speak things with your mouth, you are actually multiplying into your life. 
Are y'all ready for this? So if all you ever do is speak lack, guess what's going to be multiplied in your life? Lack. If all you ever talk about is it's never going to get better, guess what's going to happen for you? Not victory. Not a better life. All that's going to happen for you is what you have spoken into your own life. See, the devil knows. He doesn't need your neighbor to tell you this. You do a good enough job yourself. He doesn't need to send some well-meaning Christian to come by and speak a word over you that discourages you. All he needs you to do is speak and multiply limitations in your own life. Proverbs 18, 21, we've been talking about it on Wednesday nights, where the Bible said that the power, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when you go to God for that exam, like the doctor, he may say, stick out your tongue. Let me check what you've been saying. Let's see what you've been talking. Let's figure out what's going on in your life. Because chances are, if things are bad, it is because of what you've said to yourself. So he wants to know if you have been asking yourself with the spirit of limitation, can God? Or he wants to know if you have been proclaiming God can. He can free you from every limitation. Hear me good. The spirit of limitation says, can God? But the spirit of expectation says, God can. Now you can around their ankle. 
We give them so much room with that chain to function, to eat, to track. But the, the chain only goes so far. And said, even from a baby, they are trained that when they get to that point where they can't go any further, that chain begins to pull their leg. And when they're a baby, they're not as strong as they are when they get older. And so when that chain begins to pull, do you know what the elephant does? It stops. It resists for a while. But you break the spirit of the elephant as a baby. And you let him know you are limited in what you can do. And I'm telling you, there's some of us that have been chained by the enemy. And every time that we try to walk, and every time we try to do something greater for God, that chain starts pulling, and the devil's chained us. That's your limitation. That is all that you can do. My God, I wish the Lord would help us today. If you were not careful, he would get a hold of your life. And suddenly you would give like the little young elephant to accept those limitations. Every now and then, you know what you need to do? You need to push on through that limitation. Every now and then, the Holy Spirit will say, hey, just come a little further. Do a little more. Expand your faith. Stretch yourself. See, even though the elephant does not know it right now, this elephant is not the same elephant that he used to be. He's bigger now. He's stronger now. I'm telling you, he got, he's got more strength than he used to have. And I want to tell somebody today, and the devil doesn't like me telling you this, because some of you have forgotten it, but you are not the person either that you used to be. You are stronger than you used to be. You are better than you used to be. You've got more of God than you used to be. Don't let the enemy chain you down and hold you back any longer. They understand with me today. There's some people that have been anchored by things in their life, anchored by addiction. They've been chained to alcohol. They've been chained to drugs. They've been chained to pills. They've been trained to pornography. They've been trained to a uh, chain to their own lust. And every time they try to break out of it, I can't do this. I'm going back to I can't do this. I'm going back to my addiction. The devil has broken their spirit until they believe that limitation is all that they can expect. Some have been chained to failure, and every time they try, they cannot move past the fact that they failed before. And if they try again, they're going to fail. And I'm telling you, I'd rather try and fail than to never try at all. Maybe no one in your family had a successful marriage. Your grandma got a divorce. Your mama got a divorce. So guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a divorce too. It is a spirit of limitation. The horn that is poking into you, trying to confuse you and scatter you from believing what God does say the Lord. He's already decreed it. He's already declared prosperity. So yes, you can have a successful marriage. Yes, you can break free from addiction. The He's on. Oh, Lord. All right. So Satan's telling us we can't go any further. Don't even think about it. But there's a child in the carpenter will sing. Let's make the elephants go wild. Grab that thing. Throw it. I wish.
voice to God so you break free from it, have a go crazy for Jesus moment. It would do you so good. We have the horn that is known as the hindering spirit. Some of you don't even know what you've been fighting, but you know there's a spirit fighting against you. You haven't been able to call it by name. I'm telling you what it is. It's the horn of the hindering spirit. It has been sent from the dead. It's an evil spirit. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, this is what Paul said. He said, we wanted to come to you, but Satan hindered us. Did everybody just hear what I just read? The great Apostle Paul. We wanted to come to you, but a spirit of hindrance has hindered us. Here's the deal. Paul finally understood he may have been hindered, but he was not defeated. There's a difference in being hindered and just laying down and being defeated. And I need some of you to understand. You may be hindered today. I'm not underestimating that, Paul. But I came to tell somebody today, you are not yet defeated. God is still on your side. You need to keep trusting because Paul made it there. It took him a little longer than he thought it would. And it may take you a little longer to get there. But if you'll be faithful and keep on pressing, you are going to make it too. The spirit tries to poke its head out. It will jab at us, poke at us. It even go old school. You remember in school when you put your foot like that when the kid was walking by? Grin if we did. Y'all some nice people up in here. <laughs> It'll trip you up at times. This is what it is intended to do. It's not that you're not making progress. You are. You're just not making it as fast as you want to make progress. But if you keep on going, he just wants to slow you down. Because if he can slow you down enough, then he can keep you from getting to your goal. Does everybody understand that? He may not, he may not be able to stop you altogether right here today. Right? You leave a service, you're encouraged. Bless God. Man, I can make it. You come in and say you get another rejuvenation. But Thursday and Friday and Saturday gets so tough, and he starts wearing down on you. Every bit of victory you thought you had from Sunday gets gone by Saturday. And you're barely hanging on by a thread. Do you know what the devil is going to do? All he wants to do is wear you down. I was watching a UFC fight the other night. I haven't heard. I was watching a UFC fight the other night. Really, really listen. There was this huge guy. I mean, fat as the he had to be He was huge. He walked around about like this. About like this. Some little, 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 like a little kid in there. Fighting. He was tall, too. And that boy, he just moved us. And the boy go up there and tried to hit him. You know what he did? He beat him that night. Do you know what was so encouraging to me? Because I already had this sermon, so I knew exactly what I was thinking. He knew he could not beat him. If he just stood foot to foot with him, he knew he would lose. So the goal of that young man was if I can wear him down, I can beat him. And that is exactly what happened. He made that big old guy run around for about 30, 35 minutes until sweat's pouring and he can hardly breathe and he can hardly sweat. And it's right then that he took his hit. And when that boy fell on the ground, 
knows what God on your side. Pull up like preacher today. I almost fell down. He knows that with God on your side, He's the match for you. With the anointing of the Holy Spirit, He can't stand toe to toe with you at night. You can rebuke Him in the name of Jesus. Satan, get thee behind me. And if you say it with authority and anointing, the devil has to flee. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will. So he knows he can't defeat us, but if he can just wear us down and get us further and further and further along, don't read the God. Don't pray. Till next time you know you're like, I'll catch up tomorrow. And then next time you look, you're 10 days behind. And you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And you find yourself in a fault and you fail and you wonder why. Satan did exactly what he wanted to do. He hindered you just enough. He's welling on your heads. He just wore you down. He's very patient. He's been around for a long, long time. His life is a lot longer than ours has been. And he knows that when we're dead gone, if the Lord hasn't come back, he's still going to be roaming the earth. Another hundred years or however long it is. He should. So he is patient. He is trying to wear us down. But I declare to you today, to the enemy, you can hinder me, but you cannot destroy me. You can delay me, but you cannot stop me. You cannot be down. But according to Proverbs 24, 16, I will get up again and again for a righteous man.
the other spirits have taught you, but you're the spirit of a devouring spirit. And he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy your family. Malachi chapter 311. Throw it up on the screen for me, my friend. And are y'all ready for this? And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord God of hosts. So when you finally get almost to a breakthrough, when you finally start getting some wins and, and gaining some victories, when the enemy begins to see that you're having breakthroughs after breakthrough, the devouring spirit comes to your field. And all the fruit that you have planted, oh God, all the seeds that you have sown, in a moment, every bit of that fruit is taken from that man. It is the preacher that preaches for years and years, pours into congregants, sees people saved, sanctified, holy ghost filled, fire baptized. He baptizes their children. He marries their children. He marries their children. He has sown in a field, and he has been so prosperous. He's been so fruitful. That is when the devourer comes in. And this man that has been passionate on you for 30 years, he falls prey to the lust of his flesh. What happens in that moment? The devourer comes into that field. Every seed that he has ever sown is plucked up from the ground. And that is why some of the fruit of his labors, when he fails, they say, my God, he can't make it, we can't. And they walk away as well. Satan wants to devour us. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? Please hear me. This blessed me yesterday. We naturally tend to think that the fact is what's going to get us. Right? Right? We naturally think that we run on the spiritual road. Oh, that's when Satan's going to attack, right? Wrong! You know when he attacks? When you're on the spiritual high. He attacks when you are on the mountain. So I said, why? Because you expect it in the valley. But when everything's going so good, how could the devil attack me? But I'm learning more and more the older I get and the more I serve this man named Jesus. That the more successful I am, the more, I, the more I have to guard myself. The more successful I find myself, my family, whatever God has blessed me with, the more I have to pray. Come on, somebody. The more I got to get in this word and find the anointing for myself. It's not when I'm in the valley. I'm finding it's when I'm on the mountain. Because when we get on the mountain, we think to ourselves, I'm untouchable. Look at the favor of God on me. Boy, look at how God blesses me. Woo! Other people wish they could be like me. Yeah, be careful. That's exactly when the devourer is going to come. 
That is why you guard your marriage, even when times are good. Not just when you think it's broken, but when you think everything is going good, you guard it. When you think your church is just being blessed, and there's remodelings going on, and, and there's money coming in, and everything's going great, that's the time you better set your guard up, and you better stop playing. The enemy, stay away from this field. This is God's church. But do you know what God said? Sometimes... Me doing it's not good enough. That's why God said, Jimmy, when I see that you have fought hard to get the way you are, when I, when I see that you have sown so hard and you've struggled so much in prayer, what I'm going to do is when the enemy comes in like a flood. Are y'all ready for this? And says, oh, I'm about to the fire I'm about to kill him. Oh, man, they got it. I'm going on it. When he comes from behind, the Bible said, and I, the Lord will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So even when he tries to attack your sin, you ain't even got to worry about it. God said as long as you make me your God and you trust in me with all your heart, I'm going to come behind you and I'm going to protect you when you don't even see coming out. And I'm going to say the Lord rebuke thee, Satan. Let's stand up. Some of you don't know what's attacking you, but you're under attack. But the comforter, Jesus, is with you. He challenges you today to say, Over the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. And while you ask, you might as well quote Isaiah 54 17 too. No way! That is formed against me. No weapon that is formed against my family. No weapon that is formed against my children. No weapon that is formed against my church shall prosper. You are bound and blessed by the conqueror. When I say bound, I'm not talking about limitations. I'm telling you, you are bound to do some great things in your life because of the carpenter that you've accepted as Savior. Lift up your head today. It has been said for us that are looking for Jesus, lift up your head for your, your redemption. Draw it nigh. At the beginning of my sermon, I know I'm preaching over and over today. I've got to get this off of it. And I've had to take more time on my voice. But I want you to hear me. Here's the deal. The purpose of the horn is to push your head down. Right? God says to you today, lift up your head. Because your redemption from this situation, your redemption from this problem, your redemption from this struggle, it is drawing nigh. A matter of fact, it is here. It is at the door. People may try to stop you, but God removes every hindrance that stands before you. So you tell that spirit of lack, that spirit of limitation, the spirit of hindrance, that devouring spirit, you are bound and blessed by the conqueror. A new level of success is coming to you. You don't have to make it happen. God will make it happen because that's what God does. All you've got 
word overtake means it will come upon you suddenly. My favorite word. In other words, right here, right now. The blessing king is going to run towards you. You ain't going to have to rub it in. The blessing is going to, hey, king, come here, come here, king, come here, king. I got a blessing for you. Steve, I'm here, buddy. Let the blessing of God overtake you today. The horn that the enemy is poking you with. In the name of Jesus. It was intended to scatter you. It was intended to scatter your family. It was intended to, intended to scatter your church. But I am speaking over you today. And I am telling you, the carpenter is on the land. And everything the devil has torn down, God said, I am going to build it back up. Hallelujah. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Today I love you. Today I praise you. If there's one here today and you want to take some time to order, I always want to give that opportunity. If one of those horns, and I may not even mention yours, but if one of those horns have entered into your life and you want the carpenter to come today and destroy it, I give you the opportunity to come and pray. If you're coming, you better come quickly. I'm not going to wait around. I'm not going to wait around. Holy Spirit, today, I am praying that you would touch your people. Today, Holy Spirit, I am praying that you would bless us. I am praying today, Holy Spirit, that you would touch every family, that you would touch every life, touch every heart. And I am asking you in the precious name of Jesus, Come against every horn that the enemy has brought against your people, has brought against your church. Rebuke that devourer for our sake. And there's some of you this week that God said, He's already rebuked the devourer. You ought to give Him praise for that. Hallelujah. He's already done it. He's already done it. God bless you, God. Uh, as you go out, if you want to give in the offerings this morning, there's one at this side door. There's also one at the back door there. God bless you guys. We'll see you Wednesday night. Service will be out here at the gym, and the kids will be up top in the children's area. God bless you.